welcome back to the show, everybody. It's me, Hugh. And we've got Mark Lieberzin uh, joining us here, who uh, brought a couple of pieces, which we're going to show in a minute. But uh, he's a native of Leslieville, and you yeah. had an actual gallery there at one point. I did have an actual gallery. I was first located in uh, Cabbage Town, then moved to Leslieville. Yeah. Um, I, I just figured it was an extension of what I was already doing, because I was uh, selling my artwork both here in Canada. I was doing tons of shows in the States. I was doing trade shows. So I essentially thought that by opening up the gallery, it would allow me to have an actual studio, yeah. somewhere to go to every day as yeah. opposed to working in my basement. Yeah. And also because over the years I'd made so many friends who were artists, it just seemed, as I said, a further extension of being able to feature their work along with mine in a sort of more sympathetic environment, if you will. Because I was an artist, I sort of understood you know, that, that when a piece sells, to be able to pay them quickly to be able to talk passionately mm -hmm. about the artist and their work mm -hmm. because I would also go out of my way to learn, you know, learn more details about the artist. So I was able to extend that over to the clients, uh, which I think they, they sort of appreciated if I had anecdotes or interesting stories about them as well. So what happened to the gallery? I was exhausted. It was a one-person <laughs> circus. Oh. So unfortunately, I wasn't smart enough to get interns, or if I tried to get interns, uh, they would flake out. And uh, it was just, I was the curator, I was the artist, I was the business person, I was the go-to, I was the delivery person, I was the hanger-upper. So it was just, it just became too much for one person. And I did it, I did it for four years, and I, I'd gladly do it again. Yeah. Uh, I did try to get some other people on board. Again, didn't quite work out as I had hoped. Yeah. And so I just figured, okay, I think I, I just need to get out and sort of keep my sanity. Now, how does that... Uh, it's interesting. How does that? Um, how has that affected the sales of your own work? Uh, it was sort of interesting because people did. There, there did seem to be a bit of a um, an odd perception that that okay, this person's a business person. He's an artist, and he's representing other artists. Mm -hmm. And I think for some people, they almost didn't know what to make of that, which mm -hmm. I found strange because mm -hmm. I'd like to think that uh, the work I was doing, and very often my artwork was what was keeping the gallery going. Mm -hmm. um, not to say that. Some of the other artists, of course, contributed to, to sales and, and the momentum and bringing people in. But I was uh, certainly the, the overall figurehead in terms of uh, when people would come to the, the show and, and they were, or to the gallery and they would try to figure out why is it only this one person and what's he trying to be. Also because I, I also have a wide variety of artwork that I love to experiment with mm -hmm. as well. You mean your own? My, in my own body of work that I do, yeah. I have a wide variety of work. So it's like, uh, I know it's funny how people, um, I mean, we our slogan here at that channel is we specialize in everything. Oh, okay, right. Right, which is confusing for people. It's very confusing. And then I, I would always draw the comparisons to people like the Picassos and the Andy Warhols and the and the uh, uh, Peter Maxes who were artists who knew a commercial side to their work, who would mm -hmm. dabble in other media. Mm -hmm. And people wouldn't blink an eye because, you know, even if the styles or the the subject matter varied, it was still the fact that it was still under the umbrella of that particular artist. And I think that was what I was hoping to try to tap into. Because you look at people nowadays, even like uh, Damien Hurst and Jeff Koons, who, again, they have their fingers in all sorts of pies, and uh, they just happen to make it work because they, they either they just tapped into the right um, accepting marketplace, if you will, um, or, or, and or the work just created its own allure. That drew people in. I mean, it's interesting to think about what it is that uh, 
like for example Andy Warhol, right? I mean, if you had a napkin that he just doodled on, it uh, would probably be worth thousands of dollars. Oh, absolutely. Today, right? That or he would film it for six hours and it would become a short <laughs> film. I yeah. mean, there's two ways of looking at it. Yeah. Because he used to do stuff like that. He would find, you know, like the beauty in the mundane, if you will. I mean, what, uh, and with your experience, not just as a painter or an artist, but as a gallery owner and all that, doing the marketing side, the business side as well, like, you know, what it, it's, it, I often wonder, what does it take to, to take the artist from one level to the, the level where they become a household name, where their works are sought after by galleries all over the world? Well, I, th I think obviously there's the idea of – you would want to think the bottom line is the art itself mm -hmm. will, will draw people in. And, I, and I've done yeah. shows, for example, I did a show in New York. I had a series of chair paintings. And someone picked it up on a blog, and it just went like wildfire. And, and soon afterward, the chairs that I had in this particular show had sold out, but then I was getting orders from overseas. And, you know, it just sort of fizzled a little bit, just the momentum kind of quieted. But it's things like that. It's those little sparks, and it's, I think it's taking advantage of the Internet, you know, doing things like Instagram, Facebook, staying relevant, getting out there, and to some degree trying to make connections. You know, it's that, that old idea that you have to be nice to everyone. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the gallery, I'd say hello to everyone because mm -hmm. I didn't want anyone to feel like they were being ignored, whereas in some galleries, you're lucky if you get someone who even looks in your direction. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was trying to be the exception to that because I wanted people to feel welcome mm -hmm. uh, when they came in. I wanted to share information. And, and even if I wasn't, even if it wasn't self-serving in that it wasn't going to be promoting my own work or myself, by still being able to extol the virtues of someone else, it still became very symbiotic that I was hopefully, in one way or another, also helping other people's careers so that maybe one way or another that would sort of come back and reflect also in the work that I would do, perhaps people thinking that I either had a discernible eye or just the fact that I was trying to relay the passionate uh, aspect of, of being both an artist and a gallery owner. Yes, there's the business side of it, but then there's also the uh, the practicality and, and again, the self-expression that comes with being an artist. So being in that situation and uh, dealing with uh, the public, right, what is your sense of um, people in Toronto or, or people in Canada in general in terms of their uh, willingness to, you know, put original art on their walls or to invest in, in, in art? Well... It, it's funny, there's, there's always different tiers when it comes to the, the art. I mean, you've got the higher-end art, which will always have a marketplace because there's always people who are literally looking for something to, to spend their money on. Mm -hmm. And I think the advantage with something like art, it is something that there's an emotional call to it. You know, obviously a, a fur coat or a car, they're fleeting. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they have to be changed. They get switched out from season to season. Art is essentially almost forever. Like, you, there's usually an emotional punch Actually, that it holds. Yeah, I'm and just thinking it's uh, it's too, like when you talk about a car or fur coat even, it's like depreciation, right? Well, it's depreciation, but again, I never, even with some of the artists whose work I carried, who I can see their prices were going up, and, and my work just through experience and having been around as well, you know, I mean, the price points go up. That was never my selling goal. I mean, I never said this is an investment. I never used the I word because right. um, I, I never wanted people to think that this was going to be a, a, a stock commodity yeah. that they can go ahead and flip. I always said you buy with your heart, you buy with passion yeah. and you know, most importantly if you can afford it yeah. and if it's not going to cause a rift between you and your partner or whoever else has to look at it every day, that's, that's really the goal. The, the funny thing I find with Canadians and I, you know, being a Canadian myself, 
is they are much more cautious or strategic when it comes to buying art. Mm -hmm. Whereas I find when I do shows in the States, to some degree people want to know where you're from and they want to know some of your history. But the reality is, is if they like something and they can afford it and they know where they're going to put it, they'll just buy it. Mm. So I've been, I've had situations when I've done shows in the States where people can buy a piece that's several thousand dollars and not even blink. Mm -hmm. And where here, you know, it, it seems to be more that people need to see you time and time again. They need to see that you have a continual series of work. Um, it it, it's like a, a very different Canadian attitude. It's a very right? different attitude. <laughs> and again, it's, yeah. it's, 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 it, did prove frustrating, especially when you started doing that in the business side of things too. When yeah. I was, because it was one thing when it was my own artwork, but now when you multiply it by twenty or thirty artists whose work I was carrying, and same idea, like you're trying to sort of coddle people to to get the confidence to to feel comfortable about their purchase or why they're interested in a particular artist or or particular kind of painting mm. or or sculpture or what have you. That you're trying to make them comfortable with their decision yeah. to. And, and so that was an interesting that was an interesting part that I didn't immediately, to some degree, sign up for. Yeah, but it was good. Yeah, welcome to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> okay, let's let's have a look at a uh, couple of the pieces sure, you brought in great. today. Um, there's one. Uh, so there, that's. Tell us about this. Uh, this is from a continued series of works. I call them "Kiss Me Here, Kiss Me There" or KMH, um, uh, KHT. And they are a series of fluid paintings. So I'm using a, a liquid acrylic paint, and I'm literally pouring the paint into itself, and then it's under its own weight and gravity that it will oh. th sort of thin out and spread, and then it starts colliding into the next clump of colors right. that I'm adding. So that's cool. I, I love the series, and again, you can only control it so much. I, I, you know, some artists, when they do the fluid painting, they'll, they'll tilt the panel. Yeah. Um, I try to keep it nice and stable, so I just want the spontaneity of the paint itself right. uh, and then because it's a it's a liquid paint when it dries it's not going to go brittle but it does dry out mm -hmm. so I do a coat of resin on top and then I also have a series where I'm using uh, different types of tapes uh, which are just done in, in in either horizontal bars or I do them in in uh, chevron patterns uh, same idea it's, it's bright color like color being the, the, the key and then uh, encasing that in epoxy resin and that piece is what about two feet? That square? one's two feet square. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Now it's uh, it's on a one and a half inch panel, and I've done ones that are larger, and then I have little six inch uh, little guys as well. Which would make great Christmas gifts. No oh, doubt. absolutely! And I'll be bringing some of those to the uh, the Raw show. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And and we had one more that you brought right today with us. Yes. I uh, this one is uh, called Red. Um, I have others in the series. I I went to Montreal. I actually had a solo show at a gallery in Montreal called Bam Gallery, and they uh, they featured some of the, some some of my fluid paintings and some of my other work. And there was a exhibition of Barbie dolls. And because I'm a kid of the 70s and I love pop culture, I you know, cereal and bubblegum and HR Puff and stuff and all that. So I was always drawn to pop art imagery. And, and I just was enamored by all these portraits I started taking of uh, the Barbie dolls. Uh, so obviously I focused on the neck up for the most part. And then once the photos developed, I'll further enhance it. So I'll, I'll add spray-painted detailings, usually in the background. I'll exaggerate the makeup a little bit. I tend to keep the the skin tone the same because I figured the the blush and and the uh, the skin itself was fine, but the hair I'll usually further exaggerate. So I'll I'll do some uh, hand hand uh, embellishment that includes acrylic paint, sometimes spray paint, 
and then I'll even use a, a palette knife edge. Mm -hmm. So I'll, I'll sort of carve into the paint while it's still wet mm -hmm. so that there will be a bit of a texture to it as well. So this is actually a photograph that you've then It's a photograph that I then paint. further enhanced, exactly. Okay. So I guess you'd call that... Well, it'd be a mixed media. It would be yeah. a mixed media, and because the, the substrate is mainly a photo, I would call it a mixed media pho photograph. Mm. Okay, cool. So, and then do we, have, uh, do we have the website up that we can look and see some other stuff? So... Is that a painting or is that, that The background the is a painting and then that was my uh, decal which was on the glass okay. uh, in, in, on my gallery. And then there's a subset if you wanted, um, uh, recent works by Mark. And you can see some of the on the, the left side. Now, are you going to have a booth at the uh, Raw show? I will have a booth at the Raw. It's going to be next Thursday on the 15th. Okay. Uh, I believe I'm on the second floor in the uh, sort of secondary bar area. Okay. Well, Joseph's uh, trying to figure that out. Let's uh, have a look at ourselves. And, uh, yeah, because even on the, the raw site, you'll see some yes. of my other work as well. Okay, so I don't know if you can pull, pull that up, but uh, is the work that you could bring into the show, is it uh, kind of along the lines of the two pieces? That yeah, I'll here? probably actually bring these to the show, uh, and then I have some of my striped pieces, and then I've got a few uh, prints I've done, and I'll probably bring some other smaller Painted works, uh, obviously, trying to limit things t in terms of being portable and uh, the size of the, the wall I have. Okay. And then what, what uh, do you have in mind for the, uh, the, 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 the year coming up? Are you uh, going to be painting any new stuff, or do you have any shows? Yeah, or? I'll be working on a few things. Uh, the first show that I have confirmed is in Chicago in April, and that's going to be their version of the one-of-a-kind show, uh, the spring show. I like doing trade shows in the States. And because uh, well, they say yes and they have money, um, that I mean <laughs> Chicago itself is just such a beautiful city. Yeah. Uh, so I sometimes try to tie in a few extra days whenever I do uh, shows in the states. I always try to tie in a few days before or after. Uh, two months ago, I was in New York for the Affordable Art Fair, yeah. and same I did. I was able to take some photos that I was able to use towards future work, uh, and again, just being able to uh, get my work out there one way or another. How did you manage to like kind of get get this exposure in the U.S.? Did you just decide to go down there? And, Essentially, uh, yeah. I think yeah. Uh, probably the first U.S. show I did was about 15 or 16 years ago, and, and I can't recall if it was doing the New York Art Expo in New York City or the Chicago one-of-a-kind Christmas show, uh, which was in 2000. Uh, and then also in Chicago, they, were, they had their own version of the Artist Project, mm -hmm. uh, which only lasted for a few short years, and I've done... The, the shows here in Toronto, including the Artist Project and the Outdoor Art Exhibition and Riverdale Art Walk, Queen West Art Crawl, the, there used to be the Art Expo. I've, I'll do the interior design show, home shows. So I, I, I try to mix doing both the outdoor shows and the indoor shows uh, just to get my work out there one way or another. And gallery representation. I will also want my work in other, in other galleries as well. Let someone else do it for me. Well, people in Toronto can... Uh Thankfully, it's an indoor show at yes. the Mod Club on the yes. 15th because it's getting kind of chilly out there. Um, people can check you out there, and um, uh, and again, they can uh, tune in to your website, mjggallery.com. That's right, MJG Gallery. Yeah, and I'm also on Instagram and Facebook. Also, is MJG uh, Gallery, so just uh, Twitter, and all those fun things. Just keep typing MJG, and I'm sure something will will pop up. Okay.
Well, thanks, Mark, for coming in today. Oh, thank you. Great this to is see great. your stuff and have this conversation. Terrific. And thank meet you a neighbor, so much. right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's cool. Okay, so all the best. Thank you. All right, so we're going to take a little break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes with more here on Live for Lunch, that channel.com.